0: I hope everybody is uh, well into preparing all the various things they need to for Christmas. Uh, I know I'm busy getting stuff ready for the grandkids. The great thing about that is I will be able to play with everything I bought them. <laughs> yep. Yep. I always uh, always wanted Legos whenever I was a kid. I actually talked to my mom and she said, well, we bought you Legos. I said, no, you didn't. I said, I've been in counseling for years trying to get over that, but... Uh, Whenever Cody was born, I had an excuse to buy Legos. Before he ever got home from the hospital, I was buying Legos for him. Yep. Getting ready for Christmas. Play with all the kids' toys. It's a lot to do. You know that? I mean, there's a lot, a lot to do. Does anybody do to do lists like I do? Yep, to do lists. I've got to do lists scattered out all over. But to do list. That's really what our message is about. So let's pray and we'll jump into this. Father, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord God, that you've given us. And Father, today we ask you to anoint, Father. Without your anointing, Lord, we flail around. But with your anointing, Lord, this thing has power, Lord God, to change our hearts, to move us in the direction you want us to go, Father. So I pray for your anointing on this word. I pray for your anointing on us, Lord God, as we are the recipients of it, Lord. May you open our hearts to receive it. And we ask it in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I mean, folks, people are always saying stuff like, you know, I've got to do this and I've got to do that, you know, I need to do this, I need to do that, and it, it ultimately comes down to a to-do list. I mean, some of you may have something that's written down, you know, I mean, some, some of you guys may actually have the honey-do list, which is different from, you know, it has a higher priority than, okay, that's enough said, uh, I don't want to get myself in trouble, but uh, we we all have those things that we go around all the time saying, you know, I have to do this or I have to do that. And you know what? I've I've gotten to this point. I say this a lot. I say I don't have t- I didn't have time to do that. Is anybody besides me there? I say that more often probably than I have to do this or I have to do that. My dad was always one in the immortal words of my dad. Uh, he always had a lot of philosophic things that he shared with me and one of the things growing up he said son let me tell you you only have to do two things in life first one is you got to die second one is, you got to pay taxes my dad actually said that and uh i've carried it with me all these years And sure enough, I found out that second one is true. I have had to pay a lot of taxes in my life. Haven't had to die yet, but I'm thinking that one is probably getting closer and closer as I'm kind of still hanging on to my 50s with my fingernails. But nevertheless, a to-do list. Now, I'm just asking, do any of you have a to-do list that you've actually changed it up just a little bit instead of being a to-do list list? It's a must-do list. I left for work a couple of weeks ago and I was I was driving down uh, the road towards the house I mean towards the church from the house. I looked down at my gas gauge and you know it's it's electric uh, got digital readout on it and it said zero miles remaining. yeah and I thought, well it's still two miles to the church it's about two and a half miles to the gas station and so I changed course and I immediately began to pray and fast that I would make it there. You know there's some things that come up in your life that are must do's. I must go fill up with gas. Amen? Anybody ever have that? I mean, sometimes, you know, your wives, this is just strictly for you husbands, sometimes your wives, you know, they encourage you and they ask, and then there's sometimes that they have a tone and they have a certain look in their eye that you know if you don't do what they've been begging you to do for all of these months, you are in trouble. Is anybody there with me? Some of you men are chickens, that's all I've got to say, because I was the only one that raised my hand. Must do, must do. A must-do list is very different than a to-do list, or, you know, I, I, a must-do list. And so I was looking through the Word of God, and I tell you, folks, that all of this stems from what I believe God has laid on our hearts for... The coming year of 2020 and even beyond that, but in 2020, uh, February the 2nd, I've asked all of you to save the date because that's a very important time where we're going to cast the vision of what we believe God has laid on our hearts for literally almost the last year we've had a team working behind the scenes trying to figure out what it is that this church is going to become, where God wants to take us in in this coming year. And one of the things that I've been looking for is I've been looking for things that I believe are the very heartbeat of God for the church of Jesus Christ. Not just this local assembly, but especially this local assembly, if that makes any sense. And so I found some things looking through the word of God that I believe God... He says, guys, these are must-dos. Does that make sense? And so as we move into 2020, these are some things that you're going to hear coming from this platform over and over and over and over and over again because these are things that we as a body of Christ must do. And to even narrow it down even further than that, I believe it's what we as individuals must be doing. So if you'll open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, we're going, to, we're going to talk about three things and and understand this. I believe there are more than three things, but we're going to especially talk about these three things that I believe Jesus teaches that every born-again, blood-bought, ransom-redeemed, overcoming child of God must do. And so if you find yourself in that list, you're saying, hey, pastor, if I talked to the kids last Wednesday night about the rapture of the church and how one day... Everything's going to be moving along just like normal. And then the next day, everything is going to be thrown into complete chaos because the church of Jesus Christ is going to go see their groom. Amen? And so this is what I'm believing. I'm believing if you fit into that category... That you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. You've had a John chapter 3 experience and you have been born again. Not just some feeling that you had, not just some handshake that you had from a pastor. It's, But you've been born again. You've made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. If you're in that, these are three things that you must be doing. Luke chapter 2, are you all there? Let's go towards the end. Verse number 41. It says his parents went to Jerusalem, this is Jesus, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it, but supposing him to have been in the company. They went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now now so it was, after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Now, I'm just going to tell you, this is one of those stories in the Bible where I believe if Jesus would have had a middle name, Mary would have used it. Y'all know what I'm saying? You know, that's whenever your kids know that they're in trouble. You know, that's whenever they call. You, you are called by your whole name, you know. James Delbert Watson, that's not really my name, but uh, my mom, whenever she'd get upset with me, she didn't use the initials J.D. anymore. She called me by my whole name. My oldest brother, his name is Sanford Orville. I used to love that because my mom would say, Sanford Orville Watson. And then she'd say, why did I ever name you such a name like that? But nevertheless, here's Jesus and his folks go away from this feast of the Passover a whole day's journey thinking that he's in some other car. He's strapped up in some other minivan with one of the neighbors or perhaps one of the family members. And and all of a sudden that night, whenever they came to the local motel and they're getting everybody checked in, they realize that Jesus is not there. Let me tell you, that would have been a crime in the day and time you and I live in, but it was okay back then. So they return back to Jerusalem to find Jesus, and they find him in the temple. And man, he's asking questions, and he's, he's just you know, soaking up everything the rabbis can give to him. And his mother walks in and says, why have you done this to us? And he answers this question, why? He says, hey, you should have known this, that I would be about my father's business. In fact, he said it. I must be about my father's business. You see, I believe that's the first thing that you and I, as blood-bought, ransomed, born-again, overcoming children of God, must be about our father's business. We do a lot of things as Christians, don't we? We do a lot of things as churches, really. But can I say this? And I just... I don't really want to hurt everybody's feelings in here. But if I do, it's okay. Because I will tell you, most of the things we do in our lives are more about us than the kingdom. And boy, that was a real silent place in the message. It's true, though. We do so many things as churches. We do so many things as individuals. We do so many things as families. And please don't misunderstand. I think sometimes it's okay to do things for yourself. And it's okay... But I have to be very, very frank with you. We must be about our Father's business. That's what this says right here. And this is what every blood bought born again ransomed child of God ought to be about is whenever we awake in the morning, it's not about what do I need to do? What I need to do is Father, what would you have me doing today? I need to be about your business. This day you have given me. And today I got a whole boatload of brand new mercies. And so God, I want to do what you would want me to do every morning. So here's Jesus, even at the young age of 12. He's saying to him, he says, guys, listen to me. I must be about my father's business. And so you say, well, okay, pastor, that's fine. It's fine. I mean, folks, this should be what's rolling off of our tongues all the time. But instead, so often it's about us. I got to do this for me. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this instead of. My father needs me to be doing this. My father needs me to be doing this. My father needs me to be doing this. And you say, well, what is my father's business, folks? It's very simple it is building his kingdom. That is the father's business. Let me just give you a couple. Visiting the sick, visiting the widow, taking care of the orphan, ministering to the backslider, giving living water to a thirsty soul, binding up the brokenhearted, setting captives free, healing the sick, raising the dead, and that's a just a few. And folks, I've just named some things out of the Bible that are biggies. There's a whole lot more things that are all part of doing what God has called you and I to do, and that is to be about His business. Folks, I gotta tell you this. Jesus Christ did not die on the cross and shed His precious life's blood So that you and I could be redeemed. So we're redeemed and now we do whatever we want to do. The Bible says we were bought with a price. And this morning, if I went out to my car in the parking lot that I paid money for and that car decided to have a mind of its own and it's down in Atlanta shopping, I would be upset. Come on. I'd be real upset. Get it on the cell phone. I said, where are you at? So I'm down in Atlanta shopping at the mall. I go, what? I got to get home. You need to get down here. I'll be here another four or five hours. And by the way, I got your credit card. I mean, we'd be real upset if there was something we bought and paid for and it decides to have a mind of its own. Are y'all there? And do whatever it wants to. I'm just saying we ought to be about the, the work of the Father. We must be about building His kingdom. It's a list of biggies that I just gave you, but there's a lot of small things we can do as well. My youngest son went to work for uh, uh, UPS for just a, just during this real busy time, and this kid has been bringing home cookies and candy and all kinds of. Well, where are you getting that? He says, "Well, we got a lot of people on our route that are giving us stuff, snacks." And I go, "What?" What? I never knew that UPS drivers had such a cushy job. It's for you, (laughs) Jeb. But he's been sharing the cookies with us. That's been nice. You know, folks. There's some things that we could do in regards to baking cookies, and there's a lot of y'all know how to bake cookies and just blessing people with them. You know, that's really the Father's business. Amen? Just loving on people. Just just uh, 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 saying God loves you in an exchange at a cash register, you know? Instead of just giving your card and saying, you know, howdy doody. Just say, hey, man, I just want to drop something in you that uh, this is probably maybe something you know already, but I'm just going to look you right in the eye and tell you this. God loves you. You see, that's the father's business. But so often I'm so tangled up in all the things I got to do because I got to run in and get some groceries and then I got to go home and I got to load those groceries, put them up and then I got to cook lunch, blah, 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 blah. I don't have time to say. God loves you. I'm just being honest here. I'm being real. When all the time I should wake up every morning saying I must be about my father's business. I mean, we can just say, why don't you come to church with me next Sunday? Why don't you come and visit? Our pastor's crazy. You would want to see him at least once in your life. You know? Maybe in reaching out and invite somebody to the fellowship dinner. It's a great opportunity. Man, people will come for free food. Or maybe just praying for somebody. You know, I had a landlord one time that... She was uh, she was actually the, the the prayer minister. She was a, she was a pastor in charge of prayer ministry at a large church in Kentucky. And I tell you what, that woman prayed over everything right then. Does that make sense? I mean, she was she would never tell you stuff like this. I'll pray for you. She said, "I'm going to pray for you." Let's all get in a circle. Everybody, get a hold of their hands. All right, are we all ready to pray? And man, I mean, she had let it go. I mean. I had very little interaction with her outside of her praying for us for something or another. Folks, we ought to be praying for hey, people instead of, well, know, yeah, I'm praying for you. And I'm terrible about that. And then I get home and I go, oh, man, I haven't even prayed for him today. And then I got to pray for them. Are you all there with me? we got to pray for them right then, right there. That's the father's business. Let me just tell you, and we must be about our father's business. That's the whole thing that God has called us to. I must. I must is what Jesus said. I must. And I got to be, I, you know, Jesus said, I must. I must be about my father's business. And I I, I just got to share with me where I'm at. There's, there's been a lot of times that I have not been quite so emphatic as Jesus was. Because he was emphatic. I must be about my father's business. It's not a to-do list. This is a must-do list. In fact, that's the title of this message this morning. My must-do list. He was emphatic about it. I must. This is, there, there's, no, there's no argument's point. There's no backing down on this point. I am absolutely, positively going to be about my father's business. But as I said, there's probably been a, many times in my life I haven't been quite that emphatic. Sometimes it's kind of like this. Well, I, I don't know. I guess I could. <laughs> or maybe uh, I might. <laughs> I might. I might. I don't know. Well, here's another one. Oh, I guess if I have to. Do any of these resonate with you all because they resonate with me? And then there's something right here. This is the polite way of telling your pastor, no, I'll pray about it. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, I said that yesterday. <laughs> you know, whenever your pastor comes and says, you know, I need you to do this X, Y, Z, well, I'll pray about it. And please don't misunderstand me. I think that there's sometimes people that actually do go off and pray about it. They really do seek the Lord. But I will tell you, that's a minority, not a majority. And they just pray that I'll never see them again, hopefully. Or maybe it's like this. I'll be about my father's business if it fits into my schedule. (laughs) Or maybe it's like this. I really ought to be about my father's business. Or maybe it's I should be about my business. But remember... It's not my business. It is my Father's business that I must be about. Because I am a blood-bought, born again. I am a person that has been ransomed from the very depths of hell through the blood that Jesus Christ gave on the cross. And it's not about building my kingdom. I tell you something, everything that I'm building right now, everything that I'm building right now that's part of the J.D. Watson kingdom, it will not last. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We talked about the rapture coming, and one of the kids asked me, he said, Well, I told him, I said, Man, if I if it happens tonight, I'm going. And they said, Can you ha- can I have what's in your wallet? I said, Yeah, there was two dollars in my wallet. And then another one said, Can I have your car? You know, I'm praying they don't need my car. I'm praying they're on the bus with me, going up. Amen. It's my father's business. Not my business, not my kingdom. It's my father's business. I must be about my father's business. Flip, if you would, a couple of ver- a couple of chapters over to Luke chapter 4. This is the next thing that I found where Jesus was very emphatic. I must be about my father's business. And this next one is just as emphatic. Luke chapter 4, and let's begin reading in verse number 42. It says, Now when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose, I have been sent. And so this is it, folks. not only must we be about our father's business, but we must be people who preach the kingdom of God. We got to tell people about the kingdom of God. We got to tell people about the kingdom of God. We got to open our mouth and preach the kingdom of God. I mean, there was just something in you, know, do, you, do, you do you get this? You start seeing these things come out of Jesus. He said, I must be about my father's business. I must preach the kingdom of God. Are you all there? It's like he had to. Something just had to come out of him, if you would. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, this is what the apostle Paul says. He says, for I preach the gospel. I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Are you feeling what Paul's saying? He said, man, I have to preach the gospel. I have to preach the gospel. Whenever I was young, I had an older brother that was seven years older than me, another brother that was 11 years older than me. And so I took the natural place of the youngest person in the family of being what was called to, what was affectionately alluded to as the informer. All the things that my brothers did wrong whenever I was with them, I informed my parents of those things. Amen? I remember one time I was riding with my brother just as he had received his driver's license. And we were out on some country road way out in the sticks of New Mexico. And we pulled up to this stop sign. And my brother, instead of stopping, I mean, there is no cars within 10 miles of this intersection. And my brother just went straight through it. And I said, "Aha." Oh. My brother's always picking on me, so this is one of the ways I got even with him. Man, I could not wait whenever I got home. My dad's cop car is sitting in the driveway, so I knew my dad, the cop, was home. I'm sure he's going to pull out his citation book and, like, write him up. I almost made a citizen's arrest, but I wasn't big enough quite to do that. Oh, I ran into that house. I'm telling you, I could not wait to tell him. Some of you are looking at me wrong, and this is bad. Some of you being the oldest child and had a little informer. I couldn't wait. I mean, has there ever been anything in your life that you just could not wait to say? You just could not wait to get it out. I can remember the first man, we found out that Renee was pregnant and we were going to have a a baby. And I mean, I wanted to tell everybody. I went to work that next day. And I mean, you know what the topic of conversation was? I'm going to be a father. That was awesome, man. And then I found out later in years that I was going to be a grandfather and man, that just pepped everything up in my step. Are y'all there? I didn't, I didn't go around, you know, like, you know, I'm keeping it to myself. I told everybody. Total strangers. I said, hey, come here. I'm going to be granddad. I must, I must preach the kingdom of God Paul said for necessity it is laid on me I do not woe is me if I do not preach the gospel it hurt him something inside of him it hurt whenever he couldn't preach the gospel in Jeremiah 20 verse 9 this is a familiar portion of Scripture, but this is what it says. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. So this is the conclusion that he came to. He said, I'm not saying nothing else. Now, I'm not, not going to make mention of him. I'm not going to speak his name. But then this is what happens. He says, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. He made up his mind. He said, I ain't saying nothing else. I'm not preaching no more. But he said the word of God was so in him, it was like a fire shut up in his bones he was weary of holding it back and so he just had to let it go you see this is what we ought to be about this is the father's will for blood-bought born-again spirit-filled christians is you and i got to be about the father's business you and i got to be preaching the kingdom of god oh whenever we're around somebody that we don't know man it just it ought to be just rattling around in there i got to tell him i got to tell him i got to tell him i got to. I must preach the gospel. But just like this first point, I've got to read this again. There have been many times in my life that I haven't been so quite as emphatic as Jesus was. I must do it. It was more like, well, you know, I, I probably could preach the kingdom. I, I maybe, I, I might be able to preach, or well, if I have to preach, uh, i tell you what I'm going to do. This is good. I'm going to pray about it. Or. If it fits in my schedule. Then I shall do it. But let me just warn you. There ain't much that fits in my schedule. Or maybe it's like that, you know. Even right now. I feel this in me. Well, I really ought to be preaching the gospel. Or, I definitely should preach the gospel. This is what it says in Second Corinthians 4, 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You understand what it's saying there? It's hid to those that are lost. See, whenever we don't preach the kingdom, whenever we don't preach this amazing kingdom of God... Folks, there are people out there that they will remain lost because we do not preach to them. And you you say, well, you know, maybe somebody else will get it. Folks, I believe this with everything that is in me. I believe that God puts us in a circle, a circle of influence. So we have people around our lives. We have things that we do, interactions with folks. And I believe that God leaves it solely and wholly up to us to bring the gospel message to those he has planted us right in the middle of. And you go, well, you know, maybe my circle rubs off on other people's circle. Folks, I'm going to say something. I believe whenever we get to heaven, we are going to shake our heads and say, man, I wish I would have opened my mouth more to that person right there. I must, I must preach the gospel. This third one is found in John chapter 9. So if you want to go there, we're going to read a few scriptures out of there. But again, Jesus is emphatic about this. He says, "I must be about my Father's business. I must preach the kingdom of God." He's emphatic about it. this. Is that's what? That's who I am. That's why I'm here. That's what I'm. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be doing my Father's stuff. I'm supposed to be building my my Father's kingdom. And this next one, you find Jesus saying, "I must one more time." So this is chapter 9, verse number 1. It says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must, listen to this, I must work the works of him who sent me, While it is day, the night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated Sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. So here's this blind man, blind from birth. And, you know, his disciples have a very interesting question. He said, neither one of them sinned, but this man is blind so that God can show himself off to this planet. He said, I must work the works of him who sent me. I must work the works of the one who sent me. And he spits on the ground or spits in the dirt, makes some little mud pies and puts them on the man's eyes and says, now go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he does. He comes back seeing. Woo, baby. Woo. (laughs) I'll do it again because you guys didn't do it. I mean, man, a miracle. But Jesus, not only does he not only must he be about his father's business, not only must he. Preach the kingdom. The kingdom. But he must do what God has called him to do. He's got to work the works of the one who sent him. In John 5, 19, it says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, The son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. So here's Jesus saying, Man, if I'm here on this planet and I'm doing anything, it's because I have seen my father do it. I must do the things that I have seen my father doing. Are y'all, that's the works of the father. Everything the father showed him, this is what Jesus is doing here on this earth. Jesus is raising the dead. Whoo, baby! That's a, that's, he's raising the dead. A funeral procession going out to the city, out of the city to bury this young man who was her, her, his mom's sole source of income. And Jesus stops the funeral procession and raises this young man to life again. Woo! His friend Lazarus got sick and they buried him in a tomb. And he had been in there for quite a few days. Enough days that you didn't really want to be in the tomb there with him. Are you all getting my drift? And Jesus comes and 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 he stands by that tomb and he says, Lazarus, come Fourth, and Lazarus comes hopping up the steps, all bound in grave clothes, and Jesus says, loose him and let him go. I'm telling you, these are the works that Jesus Christ seen his Father do. One after another, after another, after another, was freed from demonic control. Jesus cast out devils everywhere he went. The man from the Gadarenes who cut himself with stones and ran around like a wild animal naked in the cemetery. Jesus crosses over, finds him, and this man literally has a legion of devils inside of him. And Jesus, with one word, casts them out. And now the man is free. That's the works that the Father showed him. He's doing them. He's going around healing sick. He's going around open, blind eyes. He's going around raising up the lame. He's going around taking his hand and placing it on leprous bodies. And those leprous bodies are transformed into whole human beings. It's the works of the Father. Woo! Nothing's going to excite you this morning, is there? Yeah. Woo! That's the works. That's the works of Jesus. He says, man, I don't do anything Unless I've seen the Father do it. I must do the things I've seen the Father do. He was emphatic. I must be about my Father's business. I must, I must preach the kingdom. And I must work His works. So now all of you, whenever I questioned you at the beginning of this message about... Have you had a John chapter three experience? Are you blood bought? Do you know that you know that you know if your life were to end today on the way home from this church, you'd be in the presence of Jesus Christ because the Bible says to be absent from this body is to be in his presence. Do you know that? Well, see, if, if you say, Pastor, that's, that's me. I know I'm born again. I had an experience with Jesus Christ. I, I didn't just shake the hand of a pastor and fill out a card. I didn't pray some, some prayer and just depend completely on, on somebody that spoke it out to me. I had something that transformed my life from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And now I am in servanthood to the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you, then guess what? We're supposed to be doing the things We've seen Jesus do. Jesus came here and he did the things that the father showed him. And now we are supposed to be doing the things that we have seen him do. I must be about my father's business. I must preach this amazing kingdom. And I must do the things that Jesus did. That's what Jesus said. I must work the works of him who sent me. You see this is what I'm believing for our church. I'm believing for a group of believers to just grab onto this and just saying, "Hey, I'm not living this life for me or my kingdom. I'm living it for my savior. I'm living it for his kingdom. I have been placed on this piece of property right here called earth, and I have been chosen by him." To serve Him, and I must, I must be about my Father's business. See, I'm I'm just praying that this gets us. I, I'm just I'm just praying that not only does it get everybody seated in this room, I pray it gets a hold of me. I pray whenever I get up every morning that there's this one singular thought that just absolutely overwhelms me, and this is this is that thought. I am His, and He can do with me what He wants. I must. I just hope it gets a hold of us. I must be about my Father's business. We we must be. We as a congregation, we must be about our Father's business. Otherwise, this is a club. I mean, folks, there's got to come a time whenever it's not okay that people are not being born again. Does that make sense? I mean, there's got to come a time where it's just not okay anymore whenever we don't see people born again every single week that we are here as Trinity Assembly on this little plot of land God has given us. Are you following what I'm saying? I mean, whenever we go home and there's been one week where we haven't seen anybody born again, we got to go, man, something is wrong I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. There are going to be people born again from this ministry. There's going to be people born again from my life that's given out. I mean, when is it not going to be okay? Because you see, in my own life, and I think many of our lives, it's just it's come to be natural. If somebody doesn't get born again, that's okay. Maybe we'll shoot again next week. Boy, it's quiet in here. I could almost go down and say amen to myself, but... Folks, I'm as guilty as anybody else. But we must come to a place as a congregation where we say this, I must be about my Father's business. I must be preaching His kingdom, every part of His kingdom, that glorious gospel, that gospel that sets the blind free, that sets those that are lost, that finds them. Are you all there? We've got to do this. But ultimately, we've got to be a people That works the works of the one who sent us. And i got to read this one more time because I put it in. I just had to copy and paste it because I already wrote it twice. Jesus said, I must work the works of the one who sent me. While it is day, I must. And there have been many times in my own life that I haven't been quite so emphatic. It's been more like this. Maybe I could. Maybe I might. Well, if I have to. Or maybe if it fits into my schedule just right. Or I probably should pray about it. Well, that's probably good with all the things we do. But I'm using this as a cop-out. Not really praying about it. You see, it's not those things. It's not I ought to, I should, I'll pray about it, I'll think about it. It should be I must. You see, that's, that's why we were bought with a price. That's why Jesus hung on the cross to redeem us with his precious blood. It's so that it's a must in our life, not an ought to, want to, should to. Are you all there? It's a must. Jesus Christ gave us this example and I got to be very honest with you these these things ought to go down on a must do list and I have to be very honest with you a must do list absolutely supersedes my honey do list it raises to a priority that many times we don't see this is a must I must do these things see cuz this is the the cold, hard reality of where you and I live. This whole thing that you and I are part of called Earth is getting worse and worse by the day. It's, it's, this, this this is a mess that you and I are in here in the United States of America. If you thought 2019 was a bad year politically, you wait till 2020. It's going to be where you can't hardly watch the news about politi- about politics without keeping a barf bag real close to you. you all know what I'm saying? It's going to get bad. And I will tell you this. The church of Jesus Christ is sitting on the answer to what this country needs. We absolutely are. I'll be very honest with you. you realize that people of two political persuasions can actually come to the house of God and get along with one another? Come on. I mean, we can actually house Democrats and Republicans right here in this church building and love one another despite our political differences. Come on. Jesus is saying here in this scripture, I've got to work the works of him who sent me because the day is far spent. And how many of you all know that that was 2,000 years ago? So I'm going to say this, and it's probably not right English, but nevertheless, forgive me, because I graduated from Carrizozo High. But if that was 2,000 years ago, then today where you and I stand, the day is even far more spinter. It is. It's far more. We don't have... Much time left. It reminds me of whenever Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples and they were partaking of the Last Supper, one of the things he told Judas was, He said, Judas, whatever you got to do, do it quickly. Now, I'm not saying that you and I are Judas or anything like that, but I will tell you this I believe that those words resonate down to you and I. I believe he wants us to do what we need to do and to do it quickly. As the Apostle Paul said, this gospel that I preach for necessity, it has been laid on me. It's not a choice. It's a necessity. There are things in my own life that I would count to you that they are necessities. I, I, I have elevated them to a point of necessity. I like Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia. Favorite ice cream. I buy it maybe once or twice a year. If it was a necessity, I would buy it every day. Sometimes I feel like it is a necessity. Amen? See, I thought that Dairy Queen was a necessity for many, many years. And then they closed it down. I'm living fine. Come on. Folks, we have got to begin to, as individuals and as a church, put these things to a place elevated above all other things because they are necessities. They have to be done. We must. We must. Jared, if you'll come this morning and help me close this. Folks, it's basically this. If as we enter into this next year and we go through this 21 days of fasting and then on the 2nd of February, we propose, if you would, this vision, lay this vision out before this congregation. One of the things that is going to have to happen is we're going to have to have a lot of people make decisions. Say, Pastor, I want to be a part of that or Pastor, I don't want to be a part of it. Now, we're going to love you either way. Y'all understand that we're going to love you either way. But I will tell you this, if you choose not to be a part of it, you'll have a flat tire on your car. Just joking. But this is what I'm praying. I'm praying that we as a group of believers say, Lord Jesus, these things were necessity to you. These were musts. I must do this. And I believe as a congregation, we have to rise to the point where we say, we must emphatically do these things we have got to be not only individuals that are about our father's business but this church has got to be about our father's business we not only as individuals need to be preaching this amazing kingdom but this church has got to be preaching it as well we as individuals not only do we have to be working the works of Him who has sent us, but this church has to as well. We need some miracles. We need some miracles to happen. But we will never see them in the quantity that God wants to bring us as long as all of these things I have mentioned as must are only, well, we should be doing that or I could do that or Perhaps if it fits just neatly and tidily into my schedule, we could do that. It's just a must. Jesus said it. I must. And I will tell you this. Whenever you go to the Greek, that word must, it literally begins to be more emphatic than even the way we look at it here in English. Jesus was emphasizing with, with a robust character. Yes, I must be about my father's business. I must preach this gospel. I must work these works. Father, this morning we come before you and Father, I feel like this is a word that challenges all of our hearts, Lord God. It challenges the very place where we're at right now, Lord. And Father, that challenge comes as your Holy Spirit is moving not only us as individuals forward, to what you have planned but us as a congregation as well and so this morning father i pray through the power of your holy spirit that we would be a people who begin to one at a time take on these things that were so emphatically spoken by our lord jesus christ may we begin to speak them as well. With the same emphasis, Lord, that he put, may we be able to put it as well and that our lives would carry out the preaching of this kingdom, the working, the works that you have sent us to work and to always be about your business. For just a moment this morning, would you just kind of close yourself in right where you're at? close your eyes, bow your heads and just for a moment, just for this brief moment would you just begin to think is there one of these things as you look at them preaching this amazing kingdom, working the works of the Father sent you to work or perhaps just doing what He has called us to do to build His kingdom the work building the preaching maybe there's something in your life that needs to be rearranged or adjusted so as that you can more emphatically much more emphatically say I have to do these things because that's what I have been called to do that is what I've been chosen to do and I will be about my father's business.